Well, good evening, everyone. T Rob here with the Biz Pulse. Um, we have a really exciting show tonight about something that is, you know, touches a lot of people, and sometimes uh, you don't even know it's touching you. But I've got Julie McLean with me tonight from StartTheConvo.convo.net, and uh, it's all about suicide uh, prevention talks and uh, mental health tonight. So I hope that everyone tunes in, shares this. Uh, because it's something that touches so many families. And we, I'm not going to get into more of it. I'm going to bring the professional in. So please give her a round of applause. Howdy, howdy. Thank you for coming on. Hey, how are you? Thank you for having me. This is good. a great time of year to be talking about mental health. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it's something that should be talked about more. And I know a lot of people kind of like dodge it. You know, and I'm sure you see it all the time. Um, and, and I've had, you know, suicide in my family. So I definitely, it, it hits home for me for sure. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So tell me, tell me a little bit about you and what you do. Well, the first time I attempted suicide was when I was 16. Wow. Yeah. It's a long time ago. I'm not 16 anymore. I wish. <laughs> but from there... When I was in the middle of ready to slip my wrist, mm -hmm. I thought about my family and what would happen to my family if I wasn't here. And so I put that all aside. And a number of years later, after I had my son, my son was three the next time I tried to take my own life. Oh, wow. Okay. And of course I had, I, and I had, I had taken a handful of pills. I had, I had consumed a lot of alcohol and after I did it all, I'm like, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. I can't do this to my child. So of course I got myself admitted to a hospital and then some more years went by and I had a huge tragedy in my family that I ended up putting myself into the hospital because I was afraid of what I might do. And then everything that brought me to here all came to a head in 2019 when my husband literally saved my life. I, he had come home, I was on the couch crying and he asked me if I was okay. And I couldn't physically speak because I was so deep into this crisis that I just shook my head that no, I wasn't okay. And then he asked me, do I want to hurt myself? And I shook my head, yes. And then the biggest question of all is, did I have a plan? And not to be graphic, but I had a plan. And mm. it was not going to be pretty. And he got me the help that I needed. I was put into an intensive therapy program. It was a talk therapy program. And I literally walked in with my head held down, my bangs covering my eyes. And I didn't talk to anybody for three days. I just sat and listened. They would ask me to talk and I would just shake my head. No. Hmm. And after about three days of listening to what everybody else was going through, I'm like, you know what? They seem to be doing well because of this. Maybe I'll try it. So I spoke up and I told my story in that therapy. And then I proceeded to talk about 
what my challenges were and where I needed help. And mm -hmm. it dawned on me that, hey, wait a second, this is the first time since I'm 16 that I really feel like I'm getting the help I need. And a lot of it is really all about talking. But I was afraid. I yeah. was one of those people that kept everything a secret because of the stigma associated with it. Yeah. I mean, I, so the I, biggest thing with me was talking to the people around me and letting them know what had happened. So getting it out. I mean, mm -hmm. and, and that's, that to me is like, from my experience, it's like, you don't know. No. Right. And a lot of times people go, what, you know, like how, you know, and people go, well, there had to be signs you had to know, but like you just talked about, you don't, you mm -hmm. don't tell anyone you just kind of keep it in because yeah. of the world we live in i mean the like oh you have mental health issues oh goodness you know like uh, it's crazy yeah and and it, it it's strange that we think this way because one in poor one in four people are affected with mental illness oh, and mental health high. challenges wow. yeah back in 2020 it was it was one in five now it's down to one in four and that's after 2020. Goodness. And it hits everybody. Uh, you know, we, I work with NAMI, which is the National Alliance on Mental Illness. And they say mental illness is for some, but mental health is for everyone. Mm. We all deal with mental health, whether we realize it or not. What we don't talk about, we talk about all the times that our mental health is good. We don't talk about it when we're being challenged by our mental yeah. health. Yeah, for sure. I think we do that with a lot of things. Humans, we like, we don't want everybody thinking that we have problems, right? And right. We, we hide it. So um, yeah. I, I'm just, I'm so glad you're sharing your story. And so you've used like what you've been going through all your life. Now you're, I don't know how long you've been doing uh, start the convo.net, but um, Not very long. Okay. <laughs> it's it's relatively new. Um, I was looking for a path. And after I realized all of this talking and the reactions that I had gotten from family and friends, I realized that I needed to tell other people about this. And I did it one of the more difficult ways. And I did a TEDx talk. <laughs> Wow. So so I'm out on TEDx Ocala 2021 and I'm talking about how a conversation can save your life. And it's not just people who have mental illness or mental health challenges that who need to talk. It's everybody needs to talk. We need to actually recognize when someone just isn't right. Mm -hmm. And they're not themselves because that's something that nobody recognized in me is I just, I would put up this mask and pretend that I was okay. So nobody knew, but I was one of those perfectionists. I was somebody who would take on more than I could actually handle. And then I'd get down on myself because I did, yeah. because it wasn't perfect when I finished. And it was a really long journey to learn how to put that all aside and how to let others help me and let others in. And my whole mental challenge that happened to me in 2019 really brought that to a head when I literally, the, the weekend after I had my breakdown, 
I had to ask a friend of mine to come to my house and sit with me all weekend because my husband had to go out of town. Hmm. And I was catatonic on the couch the whole weekend. And she just sat with me. She hmm. was okay with it. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, that's what friends are for. And that's what they all told me. Anybody I had spoken to about this, they're like, we're your friends. We're here for you. We'll do whatever you need. Yeah. And I was really surprised about that reaction. And that's why I'm always saying, go talk to people, talk to your friends, talk to your family, talk to a spouse, a sibling, whoever it is. They're not going to tell you anything bad. There are people out there who'll just say, well, just get over it. It's not something you could just get over. And if those are the people that you're talking to, you're talking to the wrong people. You need to find the people who support you. Yeah. I mean, so really from what you mean, even from the beginning of this conversation, it's really of talking, right. And having, mm -hmm. having an ear that'll actually listen and, yep. uh, and, and try to understand what you're going through or at least show some compassion. Um, right. uh, so, so how do you teach people to, you know, see the signs? Is there a way to like people like me that should be looking at people going, are they okay? Or, you know, or. Well, the first thing is, is if you're looking at someone and saying, are they okay? You need to go and ask them. Okay. And if they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm okay. No problem. No problem. You know, that's kind of a red flag to me that they're brushing you off so quickly. Mm -hmm. If they're acting differently from what you're accustomed to, say they were the life of the party and then all of a sudden they're being very introverted. That's a big change. The, the, the thing with mental crisis is it is physically impossible to say help. Because yeah. especially if you're so deep in, you can't say help. It, it took, when my husband got me to a therapist, it took 45 minutes for the therapist to get me to physically say, yes, I need help. Because she couldn't help me unless I asked her to. She, right. she, so that's, that's the one thing. Don't rely on a therapist or somebody else to always recognize it. Some people, especially a therapist, can't help you unless you tell them that you need the help. Yeah. And that's legally. I mean, she, my therapist even said to me, if you were in my office having a heart attack, I could call 911 and get you help. But if you're having a mental challenge and in a mental crisis, I have to ask you, do you want help? And I can't just shake my head and say yes. I have to physically say yes. That is unbelievable. It was, it was the hardest yes I've ever said. <laughs> That's so hard to believe. Mm -hmm. So you're you having a mental issue, but they want you to be able to communicate. I just don't. Yeah. I'm. I don't understand that. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and it's not the therapist's fault. That's just the way everything. All the rules are written. Right. They can't. I mean, and thank goodness for her that she had a contact. She called a facility for me. I went right over to the facility. They did the intake. I was paranoid about going into an inpatient program. So they worked with me and put me into an outpatient program as mm. long as I agreed to certain rules. So the rules were as I weren't, I wasn't allowed to drive because my plan including included my vehicle. So I wasn't allowed to drive. I wasn't allowed to be alone. 
And those were the biggest things. And I had to show up for my intensive therapy. Otherwise, they'd discontinue it and my insurance company would stop paying for it. Okay. So, and, and I have to say, though, I have really good insurance. Not everybody has good insurance. These facilities work with people who don't have insurance. So mm-hmm. don't be afraid of that either. Don't definitely, yeah. you know, go to the hospital. They can put you into a county facility, which is probably not the best place to go, in my opinion. <laughs> Other people might have different opinions. Yeah. But always remember that these facilities will work with you. They won't abandon you. You're not alone in this. You have right. support all over. Right. So, so I mean, you're... I mean, obviously you've started a business with this and you're, I mean, what, what is your mission? What, what are you trying to do? My mission is to end the stigma of mental health and mental illness through conversation, which ultimately will help in the prevention of suicide. Perfect. Love it. Mm-hmm. Love it. So how do you, how do, how do you do that? I mean, I know you're, you just talked about going out and speaking, mm-hmm. doing things like this. But are you, I mean, are you developing people? Are you going and doing training with people and developing them into that? Or? I am in the process of working on a communication module that okay. will help people start talking and get comfortable with their mental health. Um, one of the things that I've seen recently and I'm going to try is I live in Jacksonville, Florida. So I, I get good weather most of the time. And there's a couple of open spaces there. And I saw a video of a gentleman called Jay Shetty, who is phenomenal. I I know a lot of people know him. Yeah. And he stood in the middle of a plaza in London with a sign that said one in four people are affected with mental health challenges. And they are afraid to talk. I'm here to listen. And the amount of people that stopped to talk to him was amazing. And I think I'm going to do that. I'm not not one of those people who likes to get out in the crowds like that, but I think it's important. And when it comes to getting this message out, I definitely want to make sure that, you know, people know that there are people out there who are going through the same exact things that they're going through. Yeah. And that actually care. What, what a blessing for sure. So um, I want to go back to like, I don't want to dig through it again, but at 16, you, you said like from 16 on, you've had the thoughts. I mean, and I guess from what I want people to hear is like, how did you overcome that? Or are you still dealing with that on a daily basis? I still deal with it. Um, okay. There's not a day that goes by that I don't think about suicide. And that's scary. Yeah. It's those days when that's all I think about that I know I need to reach out to my support system. But I was raised in an abusive household and part of my family has a history of mental illness. And so I have to deal with reconciling with myself. I didn't know who I was. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that, you know, I can go from this meek person who didn't know how to talk to anybody and turn into the person I am today. If you had asked me five years ago, 
if I would be doing this, I would have told you, no, there's no way I would be doing this. And, and here I am. And it's taken a lot of self work. It's taken learning that I can change my negative self thoughts. I I read a book called negative self thoughts and how to change them by Shad Hemstetter. Shad Hemstetter. It changed my life. It really Hmm. made me open my eyes to the fact that I wasn't giving myself enough grace and I was trying to be the good girl that I was growing up to be when in fact I was being the quiet girl who didn't talk about anything. Mm. And I didn't have a voice for myself and I do have a voice now. Because I've spent time and I've taught myself how to meditate. I've taught myself how to listen to affirmations that tell me that I'm beautiful and I'm enough and I have purpose. And I've, I've dabbled into some crystal healing and writing in journals. I, I've done the whole gamut to sure. try. I, yeah. I mean, the crystal healing is wonderful. I, I don't. You know, some people think it's woo-woo. I used to think it was woo-woo too until I picked up a, a, a crystal and it vibrated in my hand. I, I oh. was just, wait a second, but no, this doesn't happen. And yes, it does. <laughs> huh. So, I mean, I would assume like with you going out and, and, and doing what you're doing, it's probably a healing part for you as well, right? I mean, because it's a way for you to communicate and get every keep everything out. Yep. Um, yeah. So. And, and my journey of healing also helps other people with their journey of healing. It, it helps them start their journey. Yeah. And that's, that's what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get people to understand that if they're in a mental crisis or if they even suffer from a mental illness, find that person, that one person that you trust implicitly. I always say, you know, make a list of the people around you mm-hmm. and then start crossing off people that will not serve you the way you need to be served. And, and that's what I did. And I found out my husband is that person. He will do whatever I need, whatever it takes to make sure that I'm still here. That's great. That's, that's, that's real love there. Like, you don't you don't find that. So that's, that's wonderful to hear. Um, And I know it's probably a lot of times people just deny it. Right. They just like, right. Ah, no, there's no issue. You're not, nothing's wrong with you. Leave me alone type deal. Um, Well, I'll, I'll tell you a little story. After I had my breakdown, I invited my my son and my mom over to my house for dinner to let them know what had happened. mm -hmm. And my mom sat there and couldn't understand it at all. She's like, how could that be? You're always so happy. We, you know, you never look like you're really depressed. How could you be that sad? Yeah, I've never felt that sad, she says. How could you be that sad? And I said, because it's not a matter of how sad I am. For me, it's a matter of the neural pathways in my brain that aren't getting the right chemicals that they need to keep me feeling good. Where, yeah, you can feel sad and yeah, you can feel very sad, but most people never go through that challenge and that crisis of wanting to end their life. Right. 
And ex finally explaining it to my mom in medical terms really helped her understand where I was coming from. So I'm happy for that. So always remember that if you're talking to somebody they might not understand, you might want to talk about some of the chemical imbalances that are going on in your system causing this. Um, or it's just situational and it's just something that your mind can't comprehend. And that, that was kind of my next question of what, what cause, I mean, I know there's a lot of different things, but okay. I mean, are, are we getting any closer to figuring out like mental health in general? I mean, like, is it getting better? Yes. Okay. Good. We're actually starting to talk about it now. Okay. You know, after COVID people started talking about mental health in general, mm -hmm. nothing specific, but with the, everything that's out there, telling us about mental illness and mental health and the fact that just getting it into, into the world that it is not just one person. I might be having a challenge and talking to you and you could be sitting there saying, you know, I feel that way too. Mm -hmm. So what do I do about it? You know, being not afraid to start those conversations and, and saying, hey, you know, I, I'm kind of feeling a little off and I'm not quite sure what it is, you know, get somebody to sit and t talk with you. They don't have to necessarily have to have a mental health challenge at the same time. Right. But just the act of talking and getting it off your chest. And for some people, that's so hard to do. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So when you when you did all these TED talks. I mean, did you have people come up to you that just said, I needed that? I needed, I mean, I'm sure, like for me, it's a spiritual thing as well. Like, mm -hmm. you know, there's a connection on that side of like, sometimes people just need somebody to tell them they're loved and listen, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm sure you had a lot of that. When I did my TED talk, I, the TED, the, it was the TEDx and it was in Ocala, Florida. Okay. And, it was split up into two parts. So there was a morning program and an afternoon program. And I was in the morning program. During lunch, everybody came up to me. They couldn't believe that I was standing there telling people all about this and mm -hmm. telling my story and letting people know that, you know, there are some famous people in this world who have had problems with their mental health. Yeah. And we don't realize it. Or right. we don't talk about it. Or we don't know that it was a, a, a mental health crisis. Most people don't know that an eating disorder is a mental health crisis. ADHD is a mental health crisis. Mm -hmm. um, OCD, anything that affects the brain is a mental health challenge. And mm. if we look more like that and at that, we realize more and more that there's a lot of people out there who are struggling with their mental health. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's been nice that I've seen, you know, bigger athletes, movie stars, they're starting to at least come out yep. and, and share their story a little bit. And I think it's starting to touch like people are going, Oh, okay. Well, I'm not by myself. Uh, look, this person's supposed right. to be like God and they have mental problems. So anyway, like, yeah, it, the 
NAMI had done a study back in 2020, and they found that over 17 million people started experiencing a mental health challenge that they started canceling appointments or not showing up for things. So there's one of the red flags on Mm -hmm. what to look for. Um, Some people delay getting prescriptions because the 7.3 million people delay getting prescriptions because of mental health challenges and almost 5 million people weren't able to get health care. That's a lot of people Mm -hmm. when we can turn around and we can just talk. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not get off on the healthcare system that we have. No, 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 no. We're not doing that. (laughs) We we could talk about that all night. I'm sure. I'm Uh, very fortunate, but even in third world countries, people are starting to address the fact that we need to talk about mental health. And there is a doctor in Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe had two psychiatrists in the whole country. Hmm. And this, this doctor, and I, uh, I can't remember off the top of my head what his name was, but he started the friendship bench. And what he did is he trained the elders, the female elders, the grandmas, so to speak, yeah. of the different tribes and taught them how to listen and look for people having challenges and they would go and sit on a bench and anybody could come sit on the bench right next to them and start talking. New York city does this as well. They have bright orange benches in New York city. And if somebody's sitting on there, you sit with them. Huh? And you just start talking. That's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They're the friendship benches. Okay. Okay. So is, is our, is our health system starting to, you know, acknowledge or or work more in the mental health side? They're working more. They're kind of acknowledging, but I think they're a little bit behind the eight ball when it comes to their compassion. If somebody's in crisis or even knowing what to do, you know, doctors and nurses specifically, not Mm -hmm. necessarily, you know, the people who are doing these studies, but doctors and nurses in emergency rooms, I've seen, I I had a very good friend of mine, check herself into an emergency room and the people in the emergency room just told her, Oh, just take, get some rest and you'll be fine. It literally took her. She actually called my husband and said, can you come and help me? And, and I had already gone through my challenge and my crisis. So he went there and he spent the night with her and made sure that she was getting the help that she needed because you're in an emergency room. And my opinion is, is that the doctors and nurses in the emergency room do not see a mental health crisis as emergent. Okay. Unlike a gunshot or a heart attack or a car accident. Um, they, They don't see that as emergent. So they, they kind of, push it off and we have to teach our our doctors and our nurses in our emergency rooms that a mental health crisis is emergent Mm -hmm. and that person needs help just as much as anybody else now they might not need a physical doctor but you need to have therapists and psychiatrists on an er rotation to be able to be there if somebody comes in 
in crisis into an emergency room. Right. So probably the pushback from them would be like, well, our doctors are, are not trained for that. So right. how, would, how would they help you? You know, well, they need uh, to be trained. Right. And, right. and there is a program that anybody can do, and it's called Mental Health First Aid. Okay. And you can look for it online, and there's probably one in your area. Or if somebody wants to contact me, I can help them get some help. I, I'm, a tra- I'm a certified trainer. And that's how my husband and I learned that he did everything he was supposed to do when I had my breakdown. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. And we did the mental health first aid afterwards. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was sitting wow. there listening to all of it, and I'm like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. You're like, yeah, yeah, that, <laughs> that I get me. it. So tell me, like, what's what's next for you? Do you have stuff coming up that... I you... do not have anything coming up yet. I'm Right now, I'm getting my name out there, getting the word out and doing podcasts, I'm going to associations and businesses and organizations for when they have their conferences to do a keynote or to address a, a meeting, a business meeting, whatever, because this, this affects everybody. And I know in corporate America, who yeah. talks about it? Yeah. Nobody talks about it. When I was doing some of my research, I found out that dentists, suicide is number two, the the highest ranking in employment. So doctors are number one when it comes to taking their lives through suicide. Dentists are number two. Yeah. And veterinarians probably have to be up there. Veterinarians are in the top 10. Yes. Yeah. You know, And, and, and people who work in financial institutions. Yep. Yeah, I I was born and raised in New Jersey. So I was a hop, skip and a jump right from New York City and downtown. And so I was around back when all the troubles were happening with the the stock market and everything else. And and these traders and managers just didn't know how to handle it. Now, can you imagine if they were actually taught how to handle things and, and how to get through all of that? Yeah. I mean, that I, I have a strong business background, so it's always been taught from a mindset of like, do this to make more to move up. But we, right. we never talk about the, the, the hard parts of running mm-hmm. a business or like the mind. I mean, it's I get what you're saying. It's 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 something that we forget about. Like I we're not training said, people. Yeah. I always said, you know, you have the the pyramid where you have your shareholders up here in that little point and you have all of your workers down the bottom. I would say we need to turn that over. We need to yeah. think more about the people who are doing this job and less, because if we think more about the people who are doing this job, the shareholders will get more out of it. And we still yeah. haven't gotten there. We still haven't yeah. gotten there. No, no. And especially in corporate America, it's- Mm-hmm. terrible <laughs> we need to try to stop bullying in corporate america too <laughs> oh i know yeah yep for sure that, that was actually one of my original paths was talking about bullying in the workplace oh and, yeah and i went because i was being bullied in my workplace and okay. every day i would drive home and i would just want to turn the wheel to the right and into a tree i i, I didn't want to go i didn't want to be there anymore and huh. fortunately, I have a support system that 
told me to stop going. <laughs> don't don't yeah. do it anymore. You know, yeah. but not everybody can do that. I, I'm fortunate that I was able to do that. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's I've dealt with that as well. So I, I do know mm-hmm. where you're at. But a lot of people don't. That's something that's not talked about at all. Right. Um, I mean, right. they they brush that under the rug, you know, like, oh, no, there's no bullying going on at the office. Oh, but every day. It goes on all the time. Yep. <laughs> yep. All the time. For sure. So, so we've talked, to, we've, we've kind of talked about a lot of different things, but I, I mean, I know you want to get to, I, I would love to hear, I mean, really what you've talked about before, and it's probably all it is, is just talking and having someone to listen, is there any other right. techniques or anything that you could share that would help people like me that like, I want to help someone, what should I do? Like beyond just, you know, sitting there and listening. We need to get back to being present and noticing our fellow man and not criticizing them. If, if you see somebody who's looking sad, sitting on a park bench, sit next to them and say, Hey, you looked a little sad. Are you okay? Mm-hmm. Even though it's a stranger, do it anyway. Cause you never yeah. know what that other person is thinking or feeling. Uh, we've gotten into such a, a, a Karen mode, if you will, that we're just constantly putting ourselves first. Stop putting ourselves first. Put somebody else first. Cause I'll tell you, you won't regret it when it comes to saving one person's life. It's an amazing feeling to be able to save a life. And all we have to do is look for it and be aware. Yeah. And even with your friends and family, if, if they're canceling meetings or canceling appointments, or they're supposed to be coming to dinner and they say, Oh no, I can't make it or they're not calling anybody anymore, they're not posting on Facebook or any other social media, reach Mm -hmm. out to that person. You know, what's going on? Why are you isolating yourself? Yeah. Yeah, just be more active, proactive, Mm -hmm. and and try to just, even if if you think it, you might as well react on it, right? And just at least ask. Yeah. In the past, I had someone that committed suicide and, and it was in a, it was in a uh, business setting and, mm. and, and he, he came to me and talked to me about, you know, problems he was having at home and, and I kind of blew it off, but I felt mm. in my heart, I felt like, you know what, I should have, he was asking for help, but I never, I never realized it, you know, until it was too late. So I learned but from you that moment. Blame yourself because it was a learning moment and yeah, it definitely you don't was a learning you moment. Don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know what you don't know. And I'm here to tell you what you don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. So that's great. So what else do you want to talk about? You got any other stuff that we can, I mean. Well, the one thing I want to say is if there's anybody listening, I'm trying to get this. This is my grassroots effort to get out there and teach people. I'm looking for places to speak. So if you have an organization that has a business meeting, contact me, go to starttheconvo.net and I have a contact form on starttheconvo.net. If you need 
to reach out for any reason, you can email me. And my email is really easy. Julie at starttheconvo.net. <laughs> I try and keep everything all together. <laughs> um, I'm also yeah. on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, hopefully soon to be on YouTube, working on that one. Oh, good. But I, good. I keep everything the same. It's all start the convo or start the convo with Julie, start the convo with Julie McLean. Um, but I have links on my website. And I would just love to get out there and start talking more and more about this and, and get this movement rolling. Um, mm -hmm. we've, we've heard from celebrities all the time about, you know, they're, you know, you see Michael Phelps and Simone Biles are coming out and talking about right. mental health challenges. I mean, they're not the only ones out there, but they have come out and talked about it. But they're celebrities. Mm -hmm. You need a regular person. I'm a regular person. I, I would yeah. say I'm nobody special, but I'm somebody very special. Oh, yeah. Because I'm here to change yeah. the world. I'm here to change somebody's life. I'm here to save somebody's life. Yeah. And, and if one there's anybody out there who is having a challenge and needs somebody to talk to, again, Julie at starttheconvo.net. I will answer you. I will talk to you. I will help you in any way I can. Yeah, I feel the same way. If anybody needs to reach out, I'm, I, I mean, scream at me. I'm more than happy to listen and help. So uh, yeah. definitely something we need to bring more attention to. Um, yeah. In every place. I mean, schools is a big one too, Julie, that I, I think about like, um, you know, we have too many youth killing themselves. And, My know, cousin uh, was 19. Yeah. And he didn't know how much he was loved. And that's a shame. Right. Yep. And that's, that's every day. Yep. And it's, it's destroying families, you know? So yep. I, I love what you're doing. I appreciate you. what you're doing. And, you know, for you to come on and just share your story and your struggles. Uh, I mean, one person hears this, it's, it's well worth it. And if, I, if it just helps one, that's all I say. If it just helps one person, I'm successful. Yeah. And yeah. if I'm, I know there's somebody out there that needs to hear what I have to say. Yeah, for sure. So make sure you go to her website, everyone, uh, start the convo.net um, and support her. If you have an organization that, that needs to hear this. Well, they all do bring her in like, and let's, let's get her out on the road telling this story and helping people. And uh, again, I'll say it. If you, if you're feeling like you need to talk to someone, if you're struggling, reach out, like uh, my, uh, I'll answer anything, Twitter on here, wherever. So you guys reach out if you need it. And, so. and one more thing, just to close if there is somebody out there who needs help, the suicide helpline is now just 988. That's all okay. you have to do is dial 988. You don't have to worry about dialing a whole bunch of numbers. So 988 is up and running and working. And in the United States, all you have to do, and then somebody will be there on the other end of the line to talk to you. Well, that's great to know. So 988. 988. 988. Very cool. Thank you so much. Very nice meeting you. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much. Anything I can do, please let me know. That's fantastic. I appreciate that immensely. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Have a good evening. You as well. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. That was 
Julie with Start the Combo. <clears throat> I'm losing my voice, so sorry about that. Um, this is something that we really need to talk about, folks, and, and I hope that you take this video and share it and definitely reach out to her and bring her in or, or you know, she can do stuff like this as well. Jump on your podcast uh, or do a training uh, video wise as well. So I um, want to just say thank you, everyone, for tuning in and uh, I will catch you Thursday, same time, same place. Have a great evening. Take care, guys. Talk to you soon.